0: Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome to pain.tv slash gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. I hope everyone is doing great today. It is Monday evening, Tuesday morning. Holidays are done. The family is out of here, folks. I saw my father this morning. He stopped by for a cup of coffee. Of course, I was still sleeping when he came by because last night William got up in the middle of night, as he always does in the middle of the night, folks. I can't even speak today, but no, he got up in the middle of the night, but this time he wouldn't go back to bed for like two hours, so I ended up on William duty. And I was just really tired this morning, and I had to get up and do a bunch of things. My father came by. We had a cup of coffee, and then he was on his way. My mother and stepfather, they just went from the hotel right to the airport. So everyone's out of here. We're back to normal work. I'm going to wrap up this show today, and then I've got to do some business stuff related to this podcast, some big changes, big things coming, folks. It's going to be a wild ride moving toward Christmas and then into the new year. We have a lot of stuff planned. As you know, right now, we are in the middle of talking about CBDC, Central Bank, digital currency, folks, and it's very important, very important because... I want you to understand this new monetary system that is coming. Again, there's a lot of podcasters and folks that talk about this. I'm approaching it from a bit of a different angle. I'm looking at it from the original papers coming out of Technocracy Incorporated back in 1919 through the 1930s, 1940s, and then tying it into... What is going on today? And I'm looking at the tech companies and the players behind the CBDC infrastructure and the architecture of the system. We have a regular guest here, Wide Awake Jim, who has been tracking this stuff from the climate hustle side, from the United Nations, from the International Monetary Fund, from the Bank for International Settlements, and if you want to get caught up, you can listen to episodes 80 and 88. I also discussed some of this with a good friend, Dan Golvach. And that, folks, I can't remember. It might have been episode uh, 94. You probably want to check that out. We talked about the FTX scandal, which also leads to CBDC. And why am I on this topic right now? Well, we understand that technocracy is the system of social engineering, but it is also the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services by the elite class. And the elite class under the technocracy is a group of scientists, engineers, and technologists. That was the original concepts coming out of the 1920s and 1930s, but as i said and i think i've made the case the technocracy is here it is our culture we're already inside of it and so for them to be able to have full control over the means of distribution of goods and services it's not just about harnessing the supply chains from the manufacturer to the retailer and that retailer could be online or it could be brick and mortar they can also control this through the monetary system and if they limit how much money you are going to be allotted, whether that be in the form of fiat paper currency like we have today, or whether that be in the form of a universal basic income where everyone is locked to a certain amount of money they're getting, or whether that be through central bank digital currency or Energy certificates, which was the technocracy plan back in the 1930s, or it could be carbon credits. And so, what I think is coming is a carbon credit backed central bank digital currency. And my opinion on this may change as we continue to do more research into this topic, but I want to really dissect and analyze, reverse engineer, and try to figure out exactly what is coming because if they can control the monetary system, system completely now the federal reserve the central banks obviously control the monetary system today they can print as much paper money as they want they can issue as many loans as they want they can adjust the interest rates they can create inflation deflation they can do anything they want but they want to be able to control this system down to every last transaction And that's how they will control the means of distribution of goods and services, because if they're able to limit what you could not only afford to buy, so say they allotted each one of us $2,000 in current day, $2,000 per month, then we could only buy so many goods and services, but they want to actually control it down to the very last transaction. So let's say I'm allotted $2,000 in present-day money, and I go and take $200 out of the bank or out of the ATM machine, and I have $200 in cash in my pocket, I can then go down to Farmer Carol, the organic farmer we buy a lot of our stuff from, and I can give her $10 in cash to buy a box of tomatoes, or I can give her $5 to buy a Blue Hubbard squash, or I can give her $20 and get four or five cartons of organic eggs. Well, these guys to control this system, to have control over the distribution of goods and services, they don't want that to be allowed. They want all transactions being run through this central bank digital currency system so that they could stop me or stop you from visiting Farmer Carol and from buying eggs from her or buying a Blue Hubbard squash. And on top of it, they want Farmer Carol to be limited in what she can actually grow and how do they do this well if she's operating on cbdc she doesn't have the ability to buy soil this year or she doesn't have the ability to buy fertilizer or she doesn't have the ability to buy pumpkins that she may get from another organic farmer right and the only way now carol can transact with that other farmer is through barter so maybe carol brings tomatoes and the farmer gives her pumpkins but if she doesn't have the soil, doesn't have the seeds or whatever, she can't grow those tomatoes. Yes, she can create her own seeds off of last year's batch, but I'm just talking about in uh, terms of everyday people, how they want to be able to limit us. And so they can control the entire supply chain from the manufacturer all the way to the retailer or to the consumer by controlling this monetary system. As we know, and I have up on the screen, we reviewed this. I don't know maybe 10 episodes ago this is the energy certificate document from technocracy incorporated founded by howard scott really brain trusted in columbia university at the same time that fdr's new deal was being brain trusted there at columbia university and as i've said the new deal brought many elements of modern technocracy into play especially the social security number But this energy certificate document was published in July of 1937. Of course, we showed you that most of the stuff inside this document was actually being written about going back to 1919. This was just basically when they published this entire document. And so I just want to pull something back up here and show you. We're going to look here. under uh, searching for Dewey Decimal System uh, because I want to show you today how this in fact relates to uh, the idea of being able to tag everything within the supply chain and being able to program this new monetary system, this central bank digital currency to prevent you from buying certain things or allowing you to only buy certain things that the system deems to be fit, the state deems To be fit, the technate deems to be fit. So let's just. Uh, clarify this again quickly for those of you that missed it. Back in the 1920s and 30s as technocracy was forming in 1933 Howard Scott formed Technocracy Incorporated which was really the first big organized movement big political movement behind technocracy. What these guys wanted was a political system based on energy consumption and so they did an entire survey of the entire North America and they figured out how How much energy was being used was being consumed to develop uh to produce all of these goods and services and so what they were going to do was they wanted to take all the energy consumption and then break it up evenly amongst all the citizens that live within the technique and this was basically a continent from the panama canal up to the north pole there's different variations of it but just let's use that one for instance so everyone that lived within that system would be given an equal allotment of what's called energy certificates and the energy certificates come from the total amount of energy consumed to produce all the goods and services that would then be utilized and then divide that up equally no one inside this system would be better than anyone else of course the elite the scientists the engineers and the technologists that sit at the top of the system as we see today with bureaucrats and heads of these international NGOs and think tanks like the World Economic Forum, the CEOs, the elected officials that are really just the puppets for the system—they are above us. They are an elite class. They are in the top one percent. The rest of us are down in the ninety-nine percent, and that includes your neighbor who may be worth ten or fifteen million dollars because he built a little self-made company. Right? He's the same as you if you're a janitor at the local high school. So, in the original energy certificate system. They had the citizens of the TechNate broken into three classes, and this would be 25 years old and younger, 25 years old to 45 years old, which was the prime worker, and then 45 years old and above. So each of those three classes would be allotted a certain amount of energy certificates. Now, the average was about 20,000 energy certificates. So let's just take that for instance. So you would be allotted 20,000 units of this energy based on the population at the time and how much energy was being consumed. And then everything that you purchase would be purchased basically through the state uh, if you were allowed to purchase it. In many cases, you were only allowed to rent or borrow, so you would not be allowed to own a car. A car you would pick up from a government budget office, a government enterprise, for instance, and then you would use it and you would come back and you would basically pay based on the amount of energy that you consumed when you were driving around in that car. And if you did not use that car to its fullest efficiency, you would be penalized. So they knew what the average was at any given time that that car should be driven, how many miles should be driven in the time that you rented it. And if you did not use it for that amount, you would be penalized and pay the full amount based on the average energy consumption of that vehicle. because they wanted wanted maximum efficiency out of every tool, every machine that was owned by the state, by the TechNate. All right. So that's how it works. Now, if you take the modern version of this, which would be carbon credits, energy certificates are basically carbon credits. It's just rebranded. And so if the CBDC ends up being backed by a carbon credit system, effectively, they end up having this energy certificate system of 1933. So what we are doing now is we are breaking down the technologists and the investors behind this CBDC model. And I going to start to show you how far ahead they actually are. Further ahead than I think any other podcaster admits to. Maybe they just don't understand it. Well, I'm going through it piece by piece, and I'm finding the technologists behind this and the big corporations, the so-called private sector companies that are just extensions of the state. And I'm going to show you where they're launching this stuff, what they're doing around the world. And we have our eye right now on a guy named Joseph Lubin. and as i've said over the last 2 episodes Joseph Lubin is the founder and the head of a company called Consensus. We're going to go into that today, folks. And Consensus was formed in 2015 when Joseph Lubin split off of Vitalik Buterin, who was the founder of Ethereum. And I went over Ethereum a bit yesterday. It's very important because a lot of this CBDC is being built on the Ethereum network. Okay, Ethereum is basically the backbone that drives the new central bank. Yeah. <laughs> digital currency from everything i found so far and again there's different players in this but it's important because buterin started supposedly i don't believe the story but supposedly working on ethereum in 2013 peter thiel major technocratic transhumanist he comes in and backs buterin in 2014 with a thiel fellowship grant buterin continues to work on ethereum one year later in 2015 he launches ethereum Uh, when you look at this I just don't believe Buterin and three or four nerd partners could build a system like this. I think this probably came out of the government, if I had to guess, or a government private sector company. They take a Buterin, they put him in charge of it, similar to a Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk type. And then he sits there as the head of this. Meanwhile, his partner, Joseph Lubin, spins off with Consensus, And now you'll see that Consensus is working with Visa, as we covered yesterday. They're working with a software they got off of JP. Morgan Chase, and they're working with central banks. And what they're trying to do is build a skin over the current infrastructure that's already wired, the current banking infrastructure, credit card infrastructure, to tie in the central bank digital currency into the current infrastructure so they don't have to start from ground zero. They can actually merge this whole system together. So when we get back, I'm going to show you just a little bit inside the energy certificate document that we've already covered. Because I just want to make sure we're tying this back into history, and then we could further explain in the present day how it all connects, and eventually we'll be able to predict where they're going with this in the future. I mean, I think we know where they're going. We want to understand how quickly the rollout is coming. I mean, the rollout has already begun, and I will show you that today, ladies and gentlemen. Let's take a quick break, absorb that. I wanted to put that all into context. That's 10, 12 shows now coming together so that. That I can show you exactly how this CBDC system is being rolled out and where it's going. We're going to spend about a week on this, ladies and gentlemen, because this is very important. This is the total control system. This is how the TechNate will operate. I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on go gold. are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv/slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard, right here on pain.tv/slash gold. That's right, folks. Dissecting the evil plans. That's what we do here, ladies and gentlemen. Piece by piece, we have to reverse engineer this whole system. It's like figuring out what the puzzle looks like today and then taking apart each piece of the puzzle and flipping over each piece and seeing who is assigned to each piece of the puzzle. and Then you can start to figure out you know, what this uh, puzzle looks like when it's complete, ladies and gentlemen. And so I think we have a good idea of where it's going. We just want to understand how long it's going to take for the full puzzle to be complete. All right, up on the screen, I have this article that we reviewed yesterday. If you didn't listen to this, please do. It's episode 97, very important. And this was an interview posted on Visa's website. And it was an interview conducted between Catherine Gu and Shaylee Adenolfi. Shaylee Adenolfi being a representative from Consensus, and Catherine Gu being a representative from Visa. And this is about the partnership that they formed. The idea behind this this. this partnership is that Visa wants a seat at the table with this whole CBDC international system. And what they're offering is the ability for them to take the 80 million merchants they already have in the Visa system and allow them to be able to accept CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency. So all of the merchants out there, from big guys to mom and pops, want money, right? So whatever the form of money is that they could spend, whether that is someone using a credit card, that then gets converted to cash for them or whether that's someone using a debit card that gets converted to cash or whether someone's coming in with paper money and coins or whether it's going to be CBDC that the shop owner can then spend to buy things for themselves or they can convert that into fiat currency, whatever it may be. So if, let's say, 50% of people today were spending Bitcoin via an app on their phone and I could walk into, I don't know, Bob's, Uh, pet shop and i want to buy uh i don't know a bone for my sister's dog (laughs) well if i could walk up with my smartphone similar to apple pay Tap it on the uh, register or on their little tablet run by a company like Square, and it deducts money out of my Coinbase wallet that stores my Bitcoin. So think of that like your Chase bank account storing your fiat currency. If I could do that, and the shop owner gets the Bitcoin, right, right, from me, and they can either use the Bitcoin later to shop somewhere else, or they can convert the Bitcoin, as you can do today, into us dollars that then they could spend or save or whatever they're going to do with it then that shop owner is going to take bitcoin especially if it's easy so if their point of sale system that runs their cash register is uh controlled by a company like square and we'll get into this one day so all these little coffee shops and stuff have been using square for a while if square this morning says now customers can use bitcoin at your store just allow them to tap their phone and then you can convert that into cash or you can store your bitcoin the shop owner is going to do it because the shop owner isn't going to turn away cash so all of a sudden now you will have 80 million merchants able to accept cbdc without having to lift a finger or go learn a new technology so boom there's the buy-in from the merchants now as far as the customers go everyone carrying around some sort of a visa card in their pocket let's say now you go into bob's pet shop and you stick or you tap your card or you swipe your card The same way you would normally do at the store. And now instead of saying, do you want to use credit? Do you want to use debit? It now has a third option. Do you want to use CBDC? Right? So now it's easy for you because you don't have to learn a new technology. It's just giving you a third option. So you can click CBDC. Now, if you're being issued central bank digital currency during the first iteration of the adoption campaign that will be coming. So let's say the government decides they're going to pay you your social security money. or your welfare or your food stamps or your disability, whatever it may be, those are all big targets the government can go after first. And you walk into the store and you just push your Visa card in or you tap your Visa card or you tap your Apple Pay connected to your Visa card and the screen comes up and it says debit Credit or CBDC, and you just click CBDC, you're more going to be more inclined to use it. The adoption is very easy. It just adds another option. It doesn't involve another layer of technology or having to download a new app. So that's what Visa is offering here in partnership with Consensus. So Consensus is coming in as the development company, the tech company helping Visa take their current systems and make it comply to the CBDC. Blockchain, the framework, the system, the platform, all right? That's how this is going to work. Now, on the screen, I just want to remind you, uh, Catherine Gu here in the question, the majority of central banks are reportedly exploring CBDC. What makes this technology so intriguing? Catherine said in here, in part, with CBDC, a central authority could send fast payments to a targeted set of users and program specific spending patterns. Now, you will see that as a constant theme when we start to review these panel discussions from the International Monetary Fund, Bank for International Settlements, World Economic Forum, United Nations. The CBDC money is programmable all right it's programmable just in the most simple form think of this the government so a central authority so let's say that's the state or that's the central bank or it's the government whatever it is the government is just an illusion the central bank would be in charge so let's say they send out social security payments to i don't know 50 million americans and let's say just use a blanket scenario the social security is now deemed to only be spendable on food on clothing and on i don't know gasoline let's say that's it so now what happens is when they send the cbdc to your wallet you can only spend that on food clothing or gasoline you can't go spend that on concert tickets All right, that's what it means to be programmable now. Because they have artificial intelligence and they have algorithms they can write, these things can be done, right? The spending parameters that Catherine Gu mentions here can be done in real time based on a personalized individual level. So let's say your social security comes, but the system knows that you're a diabetic. Well, there could be an algorithm written for that that knows because all the databases once this whole system is done will all be connected so they'll have your medical records as well they will also know your food habits uh, all of this stuff that when you go to the grocery store to purchase food you may be rejected in being able to buy sugar or a candy bar or a sugary drink whatever it may be so it's programmable in real time based on artificial intelligence and algorithms all right i hope you understand how this works as Dan Golvach mentioned in episode 94, let's say you walk into the gun shop, you might not be able to buy ammunition. You might not be able to buy a bulletproof vest. You might not be able to buy a gun. Not only that, that shop owner, let's say Dave's gun shop, he might not be able to buy ammunition. He might not even be able to stock the ammunition because his CBDC is already programmed for him not to be able to buy that from a wholesaler. And let's say the wholesaler can't get the ammunition because their CBDC isn't letting them buy it from the manufacturer. And let's say they want to put the manufacturer out of business. The manufacturer can't even get the metals or the gunpowder to be able to produce the bullet. You see how this system then allows these guys to control the means of production and distribution one of the tenets of technocracy was to disallow anyone not deemed to be in this elite class the ruling class the scientists engineers and technologists to even have access to the raw materials to be able to produce so you or i would not have access to the means of production All right. And that is the whole point of this. You can control it through this monetary system. If we get to the point where there's no cash, there's no coins, there's no credit cards, there's no debit, and everything is run through this central bank digital currency, even if you or I wanted to make bullets on the black market, We couldn't even do that because we would not be able to purchase the raw materials needed to make the bullets. And if they deem someone who gets raw materials to be cheating and trying to sell things on the black market or barter, they could stop them from being able to get the raw materials. That's what this means, the fact that it's programmable. Now, I've got back up on the screen the energy certificate, and I just want to show you something. Uh, We went through this in the past. But this is talking about all the different coding that goes on inside of the old school energy certificate. This is something they were writing by hand. But look at how advanced they were in their thinking. Obviously, they did not have the technology they have today. But think about this. How are they going to be able to prevent the sale? of, let's say, copper or gunpowder. Well, everything is tagged with a code. I mean, we have that in stores now, UPC codes. We know now that they're also putting RFID chips into certain products so they can track it throughout the supply chain. We also know that they're starting to tag things with these QR codes. So everything becomes tagged in this system. This is going back to 1938, or sorry, 1937, but this was really written about 10 years earlier. Let's just read this. It's talking about the old school energy certificate, this piece of paper, like a check. It says the fourth box, as mentioned above, will contain the serial number of the certificate. In the lowest of the three lines will be boxes providing for four purchases. If they consist of the same merchandise, say shoes or shirts only, the first box of a used certificate will contain a series of digits and letters, again coded according to a modified Dewey decimal system, which will specify exactly what. The purchase was. In the figure, the 344611E728 uh, would indicate that the article was made by the leather sequence, leather after it has left the animal. The 34 that the article was a pair of low shoes, the four, that they were men's shoes, the six, size 11, the 11, with E, the E, of last number seven, the seven, and of the style number eight. At the same time, the holder surrenders the certificate. For some service or goods, he will place his signature in the space provided. So, as you can see, going back to the 1930s, the technocrats had already come up with this system to tag all of these types of goods. Now, when you put it into a technological system, when you have it run by artificial intelligence and algorithms, you now have the ability to block someone from buying a pair of these leather shoes, not just because they don't have $50, or they don't have 50 energy uh, certificates, or they don't have 50 CBDC tokens, because the token is programmed to disallow you to buy this particular pair of leather shoes. It may say you're not allowed to because you don't work in the service industry. Only service folks can buy leather shoes. You see how this works? You see how the system they're building today actually brings to fruition the system that was designed by the technocrats back in the 1920s and 1930s? It's here now. Now you have Visa, you have the heads of international banks, the central bankers, all openly talking about the ability to program the money In order to, oh, how did she put it, folks? She said, with CBDC, a central authority could send fast payments to a targeted set of users and program specific spending. Parameters, program specific spending parameters, meaning you will be limited in purchasing what the state deems you are allowed to purchase. Let that sink in, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be right back. This is Dust Gold with the Dust and Gold Standard right here on slash gold. more listening to the Dust and Gold Standard on Payne.tv.